Um, this morning we talked about the busy life of our Lord and all the things that Jesus kept himself busy with during his life here on earth. Tonight we're going to take a look at our lives and are they busy for the Lord? What does your day-to-day -day life consist of? What goes on in, insert your name, what goes on in, in your day? If it's like everybody else's, you start out, get up, get ready for the day. And depending on if you have, you know, children or, or someone to take care of, um, you help them get ready for the day. And you go to work, and you do the nine-to-five thing, only to come back home and do the five-to-nine thing. 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. It seems like once we leave the office, it's just as busy or leave the workplace, schoolhouse, wherever we are, once we leave there, it's just as busy once we get back home. And as we talked about this morning, hopefully somewhere in there, you've made time for God, personal time to spend with God in prayer and, and praise and worship to and for him. Tonight we're going to look at, at three examples from the Bible and how they, even though their lives were busy, made time for the Lord. If you will, turn to Luke chapter 2, verses, 18 through, or verses 8 through 17. Here we're given the account of the shepherds in the field on the night Jesus was, was born. Now, we should all be able to relate to the shepherds. They were going about their day-to-day -day routine. They were in the field tending to the flock, something that they had done for no telling how long. And the angels came to them and told them that the Savior had come. Now, they weren't looking for this. They weren't prepared because verse 9 tells us that they were sore afraid. So they weren't expecting it. But even though they weren't expecting it, whenever they were told about the Lord, verse 16 tells us that they came with haste. They didn't sit around in the field and say, hey, you know, that's great. I'm going to sleep on it tonight, get a good night's rest, and tomorrow morning I'm going to head down to Bethlehem and see Jesus. No, they left what they were doing and made haste to the Lord. Can that be said about us in our everyday life? Whenever we have a decision to make concerning an evangel evangelistic opportunity or whether or not to spend time in prayer to God, do we make haste to the Lord? Do we leave what we're doing behind in order to make time for God? Why or why not? You know, how you answer that question will determine what your focus is in life. If the question is, why are you making haste to the Lord? More power to you. There's no telling how many people you're influencing in your day-to-day -day life by showing them that you take time out for God. 
But if the question you have to ask yourself is why aren't I making haste to the Lord, then take an example from the shepherds here. They left their livelihood, probably the most important things to them in the world as far as, as, far as physical, earthly blessings. Those sheep were, were probably what kept bread on the table at home. It's what, what made money for them. But they left that behind to go see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And not only did they go see him, but verse 17 tells us that when they saw him, they made it widely known. Now, do you think this means that they left there and on the way back, they were just talking among themselves and they were like, hey, that was awesome. We saw the Savior of mankind and that was the end of it? Or perhaps they just went back home and were sitting around the dinner table with the family and in passing they said, oh, by the way, I saw Jesus, our Savior, yesterday. And that was the end of it? I doubt it. Whenever it says they made it widely known, the shepherds were probably telling everyone they knew and a few people they didn't even know what they had just witnessed. They were able to see firsthand the man who was going to give his life on the cross for us. And they were so happy about that that they were willing to tell everyone they saw, everyone they knew. They made it widely known that they had saw the Lord and Savior. How many opportunities do we have like that during the day? To explain our beliefs to people at the office people in the workplace, people at school, people while we're at play, whatever it is we're doing, how many opportunities do we have like that during the day? And are we making the most of them? Do we make it widely known that we believe Jesus is the Son of God and that He came to earth to die for us on the cross? It's been said that there are people in this world that you and you alone are going to have a Christian influence on from day to day. You may be the only person in someone you come in contact with every day. You may be the only Christian example they have in their life. And if you neglect to tell them about your faith in our Lord and Savior, when Judgment Day comes, they're going to wonder, why didn't he, t why didn't, he why didn't she tell me about that? A lot of times, it's because we're embarrassed either to tell them we're embarrassed for ourselves or we're embarrassed for them. A lot of times, prejudices get in the way. We want to think that, ah, oh, they won't listen. But just like the shepherds, we don't need to concern ourselves with that. We need to let it be widely known that we believe in God and and everything he has in store for us. One example of someone not believing in God, but being turned around, or not, not believing in God, not believing in Christianity and being turned around is that of Paul. In Acts chapter 9, we're given the account of Paul, and verses 1 and 2 start out telling us about the grief he was bringing to Christianity. 
This being true, you would be hard-pressed to find another person that helped shape the history of Christianity like Paul. Even before he was a believer in Christianity, his actions were significant. His frenzied persecution of Christians following Stephen's murder set into motion the churches obeying Christ's final command to go into all the world and spread the gospel. Now, Paul was very religious and knew the Bible, but he sincerely hated the Christian faith and persecuted Christians without mercy. This all changed when the Lord appeared to him. Just like the shepherds, Paul didn't know the truth until the Lord showed himself to him. Once that happened, Paul was faced with a choice, just like the choice we have every day to show the world that we are busy living our lives for the Lord. Now you may say, wait a minute. Paul didn't have a choice. God chose him. That's true. God did choose him. But Paul, in turn, chose God. Let's look at some other choices that people were faced with. Adam and Eve had a choice of whether or not to serve God. Probably the most famous decision of all, or most infamous decision of all time, which led to the fall of man and sin creeping into the world. They were in perfection. They were in heaven on earth. But yet they chose to disobey God and go against His commandments. Paul was known as Saul before his, uh, his conversion to Christianity. Another famous Saul had a choice to make. King Saul in the Old Testament was chosen by God to be the leader of Israel. There are countless blessings, no doubt, that go with being the leader of such a great nation. King Saul was probably wealthy men on the face of the planet. He was the leader of God's people. So therefore, he was probably the most powerful human being on the face of the planet. But he left that all behind to pursue his personal desires. He made the choice to busy himself with what he wanted out of life instead of what the Lord wanted for him and had planned for him. Paul, on the other hand, chose to busy himself with the work of the Lord. He was transformed from a feared persecutor to a renowned promoter of Christianity. He preached Christ throughout, Rome, throughout the Roman Empire on three missionary journeys and penned 13 books of the New Testament. Paul's example is one we should find immense comfort in. Comfort in that we don't have to go through the same trials and tribulations that he did. Paul was shipwrecked, imprisoned, stoned, beaten, and left for dead. But Paul endured all this and still determined himself to be busy with the Lord's work. What does our Christian walk consist of? Surely not as hard as that of Paul's. But we are faced with the same temptations and the same trials. He, as well as every other person in history, has been faced with. We are faced day to day with the decision of whether or not we're going to let the world know about our faith in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
The third example we're going to look at tonight is the rich young ruler. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. Once again, we see how someone in search of the truth comes in contact with the Lord. In verse 17, it says, And when he, Jesus, was gone into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, the rich young ruler starts out with good intentions. He runs up to Jesus, desperately wanting to know what it is he has to do to spend eternity in heaven. Bows down before him and asks him. But as we find out, as we read on down, he was not prepared for the answer. Verses 19 and 20, Jesus there in verse 19 relays some of the commandments of the old law that they were supposed to follow. And the young man in verse 20 foolishly says, well, I've followed all of these. In verse 21, Jesus teaching the young man a lesson here that it's not what's done on the outside, but the intent of the heart that's important. Verse 21 says, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever, whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. We find out in verse 22 that this crushed the young man. I don't know what he was thinking whenever he ran up to Jesus and asked what he would have to do to get into heaven. But evidently, he didn't think it would entail him giving up everything he had here on earth. Is that our problem today? Are our lives busy for the Lord or for ourselves? In order to be able to keep ourselves busy in the Lord's work, we must make the choice to put our faith in the driver's seat and put everything that gets in the way of it not just in the back seat, but in the rearview mirror. Everything that comes in between our walk with God and us has to be left behind, and we have to take up our cross daily and fight the good fight. It's only through service to the Lord that we're able to gain an inheritance in heaven. There's no, there's no ring of fire that we can jump through. There's no leap of faith that that, that it's a one-time event that proves that we believe in God. It's a day-to-day -day walk. It's a test every day of our life as to whether or not we're going to serve the Lord. Whatever's keeping you from serving the Lord, let it go. If you will notice, all three examples that we have looked at had to leave something behind in order to follow God. The shepherds left their livelihood in the field, the sheep, and went and found Jesus. And once they found him, they proclaimed to everybody they saw that they had seen the Savior. Paul had to leave behind the life of being a Pharisee, one of the most important religious figures of that day. Things that the common man usually went without Paul probably took for granted in his everyday life. But he left all that behind for the Lord. The rich young ruler, although he didn't leave his riches behind, 
That's what he was instructed to do. The same goes for us today. We must leave the things of this world behind, the things that hinder us from giving ourselves completely to God, put them behind us. Also, through their contact with the Lord, they were convinced of where they wanted to go in life. The shepherds, after seeing the Lord, made it their duty to go throughout on the way back home telling everybody what they had seen. Paul, after seeing the Lord, went throughout the world preaching the gospel. The young man, although saddened by what the Lord had to say, was convinced in his heart that he wanted the things of this world more than he wanted eternal life. Don't let seeing the Lord at his second coming be what it takes to convince you that his word is true. There are a lot of things that get in the way of our walk with the Lord. As we talked about this morning, life just gets busier and busier. I can remember asking my granddad a few years ago, I asked him, people, does, does it ever slow down? Does life ever get any easier? And he's been run at the time he was running a mail route, just driving around every day, came back home to the farm and fed the horses. But he still told me that it never slows down. Each day, every year, keeps speeding up. We need to be careful that in the hustle and bustle of our life, we don't forget to put God and our faith in the driver's seat. If that's the case with you, and you're a Christian and haven't been putting God in the driver's seat lately, know that you can come forward tonight and prayers will be offered up on your behalf to strengthen you. Not that we all don't need prayers every day, but if your sin is of a public nature, come and let it be known and we can pray for you. But if you're not a Christian, you realize that you need to put God in the driver's seat today. Know that you can come forward tonight and be baptized and come in contact with Jesus' blood and wash away your sins for forgiveness. And from here on out, lay the responsibility in God's hands, as it should be, and not on your shoulders. Let go of what's keeping you from serving God and let God take over. If there's any in our number and needs to come forward, will you come as we stand and sing?